Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Don't worry, pray. Proverbs 14.30 in the Amplified Bible. We looked at this, and I will refresh just a little bit, not a lot, and then we'll get into some other things. But it says in the Amplified, Proverbs 14.30, a calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life, now listen to this, and health of the body. When you're calm and undisturbed, in your mind and in your heart, it brings health to you, okay? So in the opposite of that, when you're worried and when you're anxious, it will not bring health to you, but it will come against your health to destroy your health and bring sickness and disease upon you. Now, we know that. I mean, um, you know, that's been proven even in the medical world that... um, that when you have worry and fear and anxiety and all of that, it brings sickness and disease into your body. It opens you up for things to happen. But I don't know about you, when I, when I see something like that from the Word of God, then I want to heed that. And if I'm a person that is prone to worry and fear and anxiety and fretting and stress and all those kinds of things, then I want to do something to counter that, don't you? Now, if you, a lot of times, you know, what if we're having issues in our body, we go to the doctor and they give us meds for that, right? Okay, well, this is Dr. Jesus' meds. And he gives these to us, and if we will take it, it's God's word is his medicine. And if we will take it, it will cure us. It won't just deal with symptoms, but it will cure us. See, the world, you know, doctors and and, and medicine, uh, it will help you and deal with some symptoms until your body can maybe heal itself. But then at the same time, there might be a lot of side effects that happen. See, I can tell you side effects related to the Word of God, there is none, uh, uh, negative side effects. Anything that comes from the Word of God, it is medicine and it's health to all of your flesh. I was reading something recently, and I put it down real quick. And it was talking about how God is the one who brings trouble into your life to teach you. But that's not what the Bible teaches. You see, this, that's what's, and this was a genuine believer. It's a person that lived many years ago and they loved God and, and God used them in a big way. But they didn't have a revelation that's from the Bible. And you start reading things like that and you start listening to things like that, the next thing you know, your faith and your trust in God and in Jesus Christ and the ability, the Holy Spirit to work in your life will just neutralize. You can, things like that that come against God's Word and faith in His Word, you got to deal with it when it comes. Amen. All right, 
the Living Bible says a relaxed life lengthens your life. Now, I know people in my family whose lives were cut short. And I'm not the judge, but all I can do is learn from the Bible. And in those instances, in some anyway, it could be because they had worry and fear and fretting. Just, it seemed just like in all situations and in everything. And because of that, they could have got their life cut short. Well, I don't want that, do you? I mean, I, I want to live the time that God has me on the earth and do what he has for me to do. And then when it's time to get out of here, we can get out of here. Amen? I want to be fruitful and, until that time, don't you? So prayer gives you an opportunity to give to the Lord all the things that would cause you uh, to be disturbed in mind and take your calmness of mind away. Prayer gives you the opportunity to give that to the Lord and receive back His peace and His provision. Amen. Worry, fear, anxiety, cares, all of these things neutralize your faith and rob and steal your health if they're allowed to continue. Now, 1 Peter 5, 7, uh, this is very familiar for most of us, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Casting, and if you think about casting something, if, if you, you know, if you had a baseball in your hand, you're going to cast it away, you know, uh, a rock, and you're going to cast it away. Well, you just take it and throw it, don't you? You just hurl it to get it away. Well, that's the way we need to deal with cares. We need to get them away as fast as we can, get them to the Lord and out of our hands and out of our hearts and out of our minds and out of our life. Cast your care Cast your burden on the Lord, you could say. And it says, for he cares for you. When you understand that, we're not made to bear burdens. We're not made to do that. Our physical makeup, our emotional makeup, we can't do that. We don't do well when that happens. So we have to give it to the Lord. Here's a poem I read. I love to think on mercy's past and future good implore, and all my cares and sorrows cast on him whom I adore. And see, that's what we have to do. We have to cast it on him, knowing that he cares for us and he loves us. Now, we're going to go back to Luke 21, because I don't think I'm finished there. So turn to Luke 21, and we're going to look here in verse number 34. And probably 35 and 6. It says, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged or weighted down or burdened or overpowered 
with surfeiting, drunkness, and cares of this life, and so that that day come upon you unaware. What day? The day of the Lord. The day when Jesus is going to come back for us. That day. We can get to the point, even as Christians, where we are overtaken and we don't even realize that His coming is near because we're caught up in all of these things. This scripture is very relevant to today. Now, when he talks about surfeiting, that has to do with gluttony and overindulgence. Have you ever seen so many obese people today? Do you think that's a sign of the the end times? And then on the other spectrum, you know, there's all kinds of eating disorders. And we talked a little bit about that. But I want you to see that a lot of that comes through worry. It comes through fear. And it comes through overindulgence in many ways. Okay, and then he goes on to say drunkenness. Well, how about alcoholism in the last days here that we're in? What about it? Have you ever heard so many people that have? Now, I believe, I believe that alcoholism, eating disorders, and all of those things are real. I believe that they are, and I, I know and understand that it can be something in your body that causes you to respond in a different way than other people. I I do, I understand that. But I'm going to tell you what's behind every one of those things. There's demon powers of hell. And see, the Bible says, give him no place. Give him, and really what that means, give him no toehold. Don't give a little opening in the door for him to get in because when you open it, you think there's this little crack and you're just going to look and see who's there, but he's going to swing it open and come in in any way he can. So, take heed to yourselves. Pay attention One thing that gets me in the time that we live in, nobody wants to take responsibility. Well, I'm an alcoholic, and I drink too much, I do drugs, I do this, I do that, you know, I'm into porn, whatever the case may be, and it's not my fault. No, it is your fault. Now, I will say there's a devil, and he's the tempter, And he will try to get into your life. But he cannot come in or stay in if you don't allow it. You have to cast him out. You have to get rid of him. You have to uh, do what the Bible says. Cast out the devil where you find him. And really what that, that word, cast out, it means deal with him. Deal with him. You remember... Paul, when the woman was following him around that had the spirit of divination, he finally had to turn around and deal with that woman in the spirit. And see, that's the way we are in our life. There's things that are going on. There's things that are there. Now, maybe we could have been victimized. I'll be the first to say, you you know, you take people that have been abused, sexually abused uh, as children, And then they get in, you know, to uh, permissiveness and promiscuity or perversion and all those things. Well, you see, they didn't ask for that. So I'm I'm not saying 
that, you, that we don't have compassion. Yes, we do, but I'm trying to give you an answer to get out of it, and you can get out of it, and you don't have to live in a mess for the rest of your life. You can be normal, healthy, emotionally, and you can function in this world and not carry around a bunch of burdens, a bunch of care, a bunch of stress and worry. You don't have to live that way. These are telling you what the end time, these are things that are going to be in the time that we're living in. When I say the end times, we're in the last of the last days right now. And so he said, take heed to yourself. Listen, deal with these things. And now he, here he's talking about overindulgence in food and drinking. And in the same category here, what does he say? And cares of this life. And cares of this life. And so that that day come upon you unaware. Now listen to this. For as a snare shall it come on all that dwell on the face of the whole earth. It's going to come. At, you know what a snare is? A snare is a trap. It's a trap that the enemy lays for people to catch them, to cause them to stumble, to cause them to fall, to cause them to not to look and even realize what's going on in their life. But now listen to this. Watch Watch therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. In other words, guys, there's a rapture coming. And some people are going to go and some aren't. I can't tell you who is. I, don't tell, I, I can't tell you how far you go uh, out into sin when you're too far. I, I don't know, but I, that scares me, and I'm not, I don't want to go there. I, I want to keep close to Jesus. How about you? I want to stay close to the Lord. But he said, watch and pray. Watch and pray related to these things. And it has to do with alcoholism, eating disorders, worry, anxiety, fear, and stress, and all of those things. And he said, watch and pray. What it, when you watch, what does that mean? When you, you watch, it means that you pay attention. You look. You give heed to something. You know, the Old Testament says, watchmen upon the wall. And those watchmen upon the wall, they would stand there to protect a city. They would be up there. And if the enemy started coming then they would, they would get the attention of the people, whether it would be to blow a horn, whether some way to get the attention of the people. And see, when you're a watchman, you can watch your own life. You can help watch in other people's lives too and pray for them. See, watch and pray. Those two things go together. And the way to stay out of the cares and all these other things that he's talking about is through your prayer life. Men always ought to pray and not faint. Now, what that tells to me, what it tells me is this word faint is, uh, the Amplifies said, turn coward, faint, and give up. Lose heart and give up. See, when you're serving the Lord, sometimes worry and anxiety and care and all of these things, you know, if you're dealing with something in your life, it could be your job. 
It could be your family situation. It, you know, it could be all of that. And when you're dealing with it, it just kind of closes in on you and causes you to faint, lose heart, turn coward, if you will, and give up. But he said, men always ought to pray. And so praying is how to stay out of fainting and losing heart. You pray all the time. When something happens, when the care comes, when the worry comes, what do you do? Yeah, you do cast it on the Lord, and then you pray about it. Lord, you see this. You see that on my job, you know, this person has got it out for me. My, you know, my supervisor is not treating me right. Whatever it is, you don't begin to murmur and you don't begin to complain, but you begin to pray about it. You give it to the Lord. And then from then on, thank you, God, that you're watching out for me, that I've got favor. You know, if I need, if I need to make adjustments, I thank you that you're going to show me how to adjust. Now, that's a key. I want you to listen to me there. Sometimes in our life, when we're praying and we're going through difficulty, God is wanting to speak to us about some things as well as handle a situation or other people that are coming against us. There's always a little grain. You know, when, when criticism comes, there's always a little grain of truth in that criticism. Don't turn it all away. I'm not saying buy into it. You know, somebody's really trying to tear it. I, that's not what I'm saying. But you can always learn a little something, if you will. Now, I don't let people just speak things to me and tear me down and just take it. I'm not going to do that. But you know, when I hear something about myself, about something I've done, about something I've said, and uh, you know, I, I try to listen. Is there something in this, God, that you want me to learn? Is there something? And I think, you know, that will just cause growth to come in our lives. Now, not gullibility to where you just let anybody and everybody dump on you and run over you and criticize you. That's not what I'm talking about. So, say balance. That's what I'm talking about, balance. Okay. Um, I want us um, to just think about these things now. When do you receive answers to your prayer? Mark eleven twenty four. Believe that you receive... When you pray, right? All right. Now, what we need to be doing is uh, found in John 15, 7. Let's just turn there. John 15, first, uh, yeah, John 15. I'm going to look at first John in a minute. John 15, 7. The Word of God is our guide in prayer. And 15.7 of John says, If you abide, if you stand, if you continue, and if you live in me, and my words abide, stand, continue, and live in you, you shall ask what you will. Talking about prayer, isn't prayer asking? It can be, can it? So ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, this word abide is not a casual word. People that abide in Christ, that means 
They are in the presence of God. God is in them. They live a life to where the Lord leads and the Lord guides. And His presence is there. And they follow that presence. But you see, what I find more and more, and I, I'm going to say some things here, and you may, you may not like it, you may get offended, but I, I'm just going to speak what I feel like I need to. Abiding in the Lord is not with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Now, you know, you can see people and they can come in and they can pray a prayer on Sunday morning and we rejoice for all those people that lift their hand to receive the Lord. They can come and they can get water baptized and that shows, you know, going down into that watery grave, coming back up in resurrected newness of life, as the scripture says. And then they can come up and not one thing change. They keep living the same old life, you know, if they do drugs uh, you know, if uh, they're uh, living with someone uh, out of wedlock, if, uh, you know, they're uh, having sex out of wedlock, all those things. See, don't, don't say that today. Don't say that today. Why? Because it's so prevalent in the church. Just smoke some marijuana. Watch a little porn. Don't watch, you know, go to any kind of movie you want because you're free. Watch anything on TV. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible talks about holy living. We don't hear about holy living anymore. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this too. All the people that I ever knew in my past that talk about and, and preach holy living, you know, just preach, preach, preach it, were people that were hard and calloused and they didn't like anybody. Nobody could do anything right. See, that's not what I'm talking about. Holy living is a person who abides in God and God abides in them. And the, they abide in the Word and the word abides in them. They're not perfect. When they mess up, they've got the blood of Jesus. But then, you know what makes us stand out when we're true followers of Christ and we really want to live a holy life, but we're not like these people that are legalistic. It's called love and forgiveness and compassion. And those things wrapped up in your holy living, that is what the world is looking at to see what Christianity is all about. They're not going to open the Bible for the most part. They're going to read our life, your life, my life. And if I'm a rules and reg woman, but I have no love and no compassion, they don't want what I've got. But if they see me devoted to the Lord, devoted to God, devoted to the Word of God, and I love them and I try to help them and they see compassion in my life, in your life, they're going to be drawn to that. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will 
and I will do it. You know why God can say that? Because if you're abiding in the Word, you're not going to be asking for a bunch of things that are ungodly or out of His will or out of His plan. I really believe that. Holy living. Obedience to God. Obeying His Word. Living not just as a show and not just half-stepping it with God, but truly following the Lord, abiding in His Word. If you see it in the Bible, I want to do that. I want to be that person. I want to act like that. I want to treat people that way. See, that's abiding in God and God abiding in you and abiding in the Word and the Word abiding in you. Some people experience God and some people don't. What is that? Is that God has favorites? Is that God says, give me this one, this one, you're out? No, we choose it. I have a hunger for God. I have a hunger for the Word of God. How about you? And if you don't, I pray that He create that in you. I pray that, that that seed of God that's in you be stirred up and you have a hunger. You know, when you come into a service like tonight or Sunday morning, you know, and, and the things that happen, see, what, what happens is conta it's contagious. You begin to be stirred. You begin to be moved. Well, you can get stirred and moved, but what are you going to do about the stirring and the moving of the Spirit? There's got to be a response. There's got to be a response. There's got to be an obedience to what God has. And see, I get so troubled sometimes in the time that we live in. And, and, and I love big churches. I want this church to be big. You know, we're not a small church for sure. But, you know, we don't have 10,000 people either like a lot of churches do but how great would that be to have 10,000 holy ghost filled tongue talking healing believing devil casting out believers in one place now how great would that be but you know what if you have all those people if you have 10,000 people and you can't preach the truth there's not been an atmosphere, a room, if you will, that has been created where God can say and do some things that need to be said. Because if you do, people are going to be offended. People are not going to like it. They're going to leave. They won't come back. Well, you know what? I mean, the way Eddie and I are, you know, we might be our own worst, you know, as far as... Not building a big church, I don't know. But we're just going to preach it the way it is. Amen. We don't know it all. There may be things that we, we don't say that others might. But we preach what we know and we preach it. You live it. You live it close to this book. If there's a question, you live it close to this book. You live holy lives. You see what happens, folks. In the day that we live in, what happens is we, you know, we, we just begin to, to get out just a little bit, just a little bit. You know, let's just say, here's the river. We just start to get away from the river, the presence of God. We just step away a little bit, 
step away, and all these things in life, you know, that I, I named a minute ago that, that are not holy living, that, that are contrary to God and His ways. And we just begin to step away, step away, step away, until before we know it, we're far away from God. We're far away from His presence. We're far away from abiding and living and standing in the presence of God. Don't allow things into your life. I tell you, there's certain programs I am not watching on TV. I will not watch them. If it's on in a room and things are going on on that television screen, I am not watching it. You can call me a prude. You can, you're self-righteous. You can call me whatever you want, but I am protecting the abiding presence of God in my life. Pretty soon we're not even sensitive if we don't watch it. We're not even sensitive. We run over God's presence. So God wants us to be able to abide in Him and in His Word, and because His Word is in us, we know what's right, we know what's wrong, and so we can ask what we will, and He will do it. Now, that's a good word, don't you think? Amen. All right, uh, as I'm closing, I want us to look at, uh, where do I want us to go? Uh... Well, 1 John, let's go to 1 John. 1 John 3. Now, if you leave, I know I ran you off. <laughs> okay, 1 John three twenty two. Whatever we ask, you receive because we keep His commandments and do things that are pleasing in His sight. Whatever we ask, we receive because we keep His commandments and do things that are pleasing in His sight. Now here is a novel thought. Life is just not all about what we want, but we need to please the Lord. You know, God is not hard to please, though. I, I've never felt that. Have you? I've never felt that He's hard to please as our God, our Father, at all. Do the things that are pleasing in His sight. And then He says, whatever you ask, you'll receive. Because, now listen. Whatever you ask, you receive because you keep His commandments. So, is obeying the Word of God important? Of course it is. Did it change in 2015? When we went into the 21st century, did things change? Did the Bible suddenly get antiquated? Did it, it suddenly, you know, do we, we believe like this uh, associate pastor that the, the Bible is a dangerous book? That's blasphemy to me. I, I couldn't say that. I mean, I, don't, I can't judge his heart, but man, you don't say that. 
If you're, if you're a preacher of the gospel, telling people you don't want, don't, don't just, you know, get that book and turn to the book of John because you might get born again. You might learn to walk in love. So the thing, I guess, tonight that we've looked at is instead of worrying and stressing out in life, we are to cast our care on the Lord, and then we bring our care, our trouble, and all of that to the Lord, and you pray. Do you whine? Do you complain? Do you murmur? Do you do that when you come before God? No. And, and I'm going to tell you that crying, whining, kind of thing. Now, I don't mean crying in that you pour out your heart before the Lord, but I'm talking about in that whining spirit. You look at the children of Israel. What happened to them when they were complaining and whining and murmuring and going on? They went around that mountain for 40 years. I don't want to go around the mountain over and over again. I want to learn and I want to get around the mountain and I want to get beyond the mountain. Okay, so you don't whine and complain and murmur. You take your cares to the Lord. You can pour out your heart before Him. And then once you do that, you continue to, you know, as Philippians 4, 6 says, continue to let your wants be known to the Lord. What you prayed for, the things that you lifted up, continue to let Him know it by giving Him thanks. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.